0: Asalaamu Alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq El Amin, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. If you don't know, you can stay connected to us on social media by following and liking our pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. And most importantly, if you happen to miss the live stream or the live broadcast on radio, you can always go to the podcast. So subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you'll find us at that same username. That's at Radio Islam USA. All right, family. um, If you are in the Chicagoland area, you are going to want to um, try to make your make make your uh, way over uh, to a really important event that's going to be taking place at Benedictine University uh, Saturday. And that is the Muslim Mental Health Conference And it is uh, the theme is you are not alone. Many of you know that Sound Vision has um, in the past and and we still maintain a partnership uh, with the crisis text line. And this is really just an extension and awareness of how important this issue is, uh, is to have resources for uh, people, let folks know they are not alone. So I am pleased. I am pleased to have on the line joining, uh, excuse me, joining me. Dr. Fahad Khan, who is going to be one of the future presenters uh, at the conference. And he is a licensed clinical psychologist uh, with a doctorate in clinical psychology, a master's degree in biomedical sciences. And he is also a hafiz of Quran, which means that he has committed the entire Quran to memory. And he studied Islamic sciences uh, studies, I'm sorry, with various scholars in the Muslim world and the US. And we are pleased to, that he is uh, going to be contributing his talents to this conference. And we're even more pleased to have him joining us on the line today. Alaikum, Dr. Fahad. Waalaikumsalam, Tariq. How are
1: you?
0: I am doing well. alhamdulillah. praise be to God. Um, so this this uh, issue of mental health, I'm always happy to uh, revisit and to and to bring awareness to the to this topic because it's one that I think as as time goes on, the more we talk about it, the less stigma is associated with it. And um, so. The 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 I guess the the first thing that I'd like to ask you uh, is that what can people expect to get from this conference um, tomorrow?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the theme or the title of the conference is "You Are Not Alone," and um, I think it implies two things. One is that um, you know when when you're suffering through. Uh, an illness, or even, uh, you know, normal ups and downs, uh, a lot of times loneliness can contribute to more and increase some of these symptoms. So letting people know that so there's definitely help available out there, you know, whether it's through any of the crisis line that we have in the Chicagoland area, I know there's one that, uh, you know, uh, was started or supported by Sound Vision. Khalil Center has its own as well. Uh, and even the one that's uh, out there in, in different counties in, in the state. Um, The other uh, uh, area which we want to focus on is the importance of relationships because, um, you know, a lot of times people don't realize how much uh, lack of relationships or being alone can contribute to mental illnesses. And, um, you know, people rely a lot on social media for relationships, which is not the best way to do it. So the the various topics are going to be on that. Uh, I'll be speaking about uh, the first steps of seeking help um you know and uh, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, dr Human kishorewarji will be talking about the prophetic examples <clears throat> and uh, others on, on similar topic in terms of um living today um in the age of social media you know as well as again um, when you do feel the ups and downs or or especially uh, severe depression or anxiety what would you what should you do
0: mm. Mm. uh you know and i apologize uh, i failed to mention that Dr. Uh, Fahad Khan is also the deputy director of the Khalil Center. And uh, so I, I appreciate that you that you mentioned the work of the Khalil Center because mental health is certainly something that is not going to be um, something that's going to be addressed by one entity. It really is a collaborative uh, and a community endeavor, you know, to address it and make sure that there's a sense of uh, well-being and uh, just a proper, a proper way to approach it you know i believe it's it's something that is best done in a collaborative manner and and of course i say this as a layperson, but you know um but i like to ask you because you mentioned social uh social media and its impact what are some of the things because you know when you mention that i think about how there is a a tendency i believe for people to feel that they have to present themselves in a particular way uh on social media they craft their own image and they they have this public identity that sometimes it's at odds with their own reality. Uh can you talk a bit about how that's how social media can impact uh identity and and, and, and mental health?
1: Uh yeah, absolutely. I mean there's there are so many factors here. This is like a very, you know, a, a detailed discussion that requires a lot a lot of time. Sure. But just to hit on some things um you know, just for for example, like I'll give you a very simple uh, example um, of, of people who put up selfies, for example. You know, and you might think, what's the big deal about selfies? Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that when you take a selfie, actually it, it gives you a mirror image of yourself. It's not the exact image, right? It's not how you really look, but the, the kind of like the the opposite image uh, or the mirror image of yourself. And and that in itself has an impact on how you see yourself because you, you see yourself a little bit different. Um, and it, it because there's a little bit of change there, you know, the right half of our face does not look the same as the left half for the most pe- for most people, right? So, because there's that difference, we we you know we get this sense of like, oh, I'm i looking so much better, and then mm. we portray ourselves as somebody we're really not, right? Mm. Uh, not to mention, um, you know, Islam uh, emphasizes a lot on community, um, going out, being social. Uh, you know, there's a lot more reward of praying in the in the mosque in a congregation rather than praying at home, because there's so many uh, added benefits that come with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you go outside, you leave the house, uh, you know, th- that in itself makes people feel better when you're more socially connected. I mean, there's this uh, famous study that was done at Harvard studies called the the grant study. And then l- later it was added on as a group study. So both of these studies basically looked at how, what contributes to health and wellness. And one of the major factors they found was people who are more socially connected, people who have better, stronger relationships. Um, and that is not done through social media. There's research on uh, how social media can cause depression, for example, you know, Instagram being the top one on the list. Mm. Um, and, and what are the what are the factors that contribute to that, right? When you look at people and how they present their lives in a very perfect manner and uh, and just by looking at them, even if you consciously think about this or not, but subconsciously you're comparing yourself to them and, and that's making you feel miserable. You know, somebody's driving a better car, somebody appears to be in a better relationship, more happy, you know, more pretty, uh, you know, more fit. Right uh, or more educated, so that in itself, uh, you know, that comparison that happens subconsciously causes us to feel more depressed. So there's a lot of different factors there about social media, and I think, uh, you know, we're just kind of uh, uncovering the surface, um, and and it's, it's there's going to be more long-term effects that we'll see, you know, in the coming decades.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, from a from a spiritual standpoint, uh, in terms of grounding one's self in acknowledgement of the prophetic tradition, which which embodies Uh, You know, prayer and service, uh, humility, uh, these types of things when it comes to creating an identity that mirrors that. Do do you think that social media uh, and I I don't want to I don't want to say it in a, you know, just kind of a, a zero sum type of way. But do you think that our engagement, I should say, of social media runs counter to that?
1: I mean, there are some added benefits. Obviously, you have a, a larger outreach. You can, you can talk more people, communicate things across. But I think that uh, uh, the the problems are still there. When you look at the prophetic example, for example, right? So mm-hmm. Rasul I mean, the Prophet of Allah, right. he has all these sahaba around him. If somebody ever got sick, for instance, right, they could easily bring that sick person to the Prophet, sal-Sallam. and sometimes they, they did that as well. It's kind of the equivalent of social media now, like if somebody's sick out there, you know, I can find that through um, through the social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but what did he do, Sallallahu? He would to go visit the sick because uh, you know there's more benefit for the person who's doing the visiting, and also for the person who's being visited, right? There's more uh, added benefits of you being engaged in the community with uh, you know with people around you, um, and and the other thing we forget is that he, he said Allah sallam, lived uh, or presented himself as the model as an example. Uh, and that's what made the biggest difference in the lives of the people around him. It wasn't his preaching; it was his practice. Mm-hmm. And when you're on social media, you're not practicing much. Even uh, people who are scholars and who have you know millions of followers, uh, they're still it's still words. It's still you know uh, uh, like things that you say to people. But when you actually live that in front of people, when you're showing the humility, humbleness uh, in your character, akhlaq, when you're showing you know how to uh, how to even talk to people while you're doing it live face-to-face, it has a bigger impact. And that's really what the prophetic example focused on was not just, you know, uh, uh, talking the talk, but also walking the
0: walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very good point. Um, as one of the presenters who happens to be, um, I shouldn't say happens to be, right, but, uh, but who is a licensed clinical psychologist, right? And then also with uh, your background uh, in Islamic studies, as is you bring these two uh, areas together, um, and, and approaching mental health. Uh, what are some of the, the signs uh, that, that you might see that says that a person is actually in need of help? And uh, and, and I asked that I asked that with the assumption that that person has not uh, has not asked for help, right? Because I think this kind of goes back to uh, there is an element of, of, of shame for some. Uh, when it comes to asking for help uh, around mental health, mental wellness. Uh, what are some of the things that you might recognize that said that this is a person who who is in need um, of help?
1: You know, a lot of times, uh, it, it depends on what kind of help you're asking, right? So when we look at from the, the Western, um, you know, mental health perspective, which is very, uh, you know, you could say um, uh, it, has, it has become almost like this... Uh, this area which has been broken down into very simple um you know um, ways of recognizing or or even describing mental illness it's a very reductionistic approach um, from that perspective obviously you look for signs right like so if somebody's depressed you know if it's clinical depression if it's affecting your your uh, your school if it's affecting their work uh, you know their social engagement they're not leaving their house you know then that's a very you know clear sign that they're being they're depressed Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, somebody who's uh, who's becoming overly, uh, you know, uh, arrogant and a lot of flights of ideas and they're doing very random things that they normally wouldn't do might be a sign that they might be a little bipolar. Um, but from an Islamic perspective, you know, when we talk about uh, mental health and wellness or spiritual health, mm-hmm. we're not just talking about disorders. We're talking about even smaller level problems, you know, somebody who might have uh, arrogance, somebody who might have um you know any kind of like a jealousy for example negative jealousy mm-hmm. so those areas uh, usually people have to be able to recognize themselves or they have somebody uh, who's a close friend uh you know who's honest with them um and who's able to let them know hey it seems like you're suffering from you know x y z it seems like you have this kind of issue why don't you go talk to somebody you know in, in our tradition in the past um, that somebody uh, could, uh, you know, would have been like a chef, like a, a scholar that you went and visited and spent some time with, or could be a close friend, like I said, somebody that you could trust. Now, that self-awareness is something that, that a lot of people, including myself, you know, we lack, right? We don't have that self-awareness. Um, so sometimes, like I said, it requires somebody else to uh, to inform that to you. So when there's a, a, a character flaw that you see with somebody that, you know, hey, somebody's having this issue that they are, you know, talking um, over themselves in, on social media, for example, right? Uh, it's better to let them know, you know, like, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? When somebody uh, has a loss in their life, uh, a loss of, you know, whether it's a job or, or people or, or whatnot, you know, to reach out to them. Um, sometimes, uh, if you look at it from, like a, from the Western perspective, you won't know something is wrong until you see the bigger signs. And, from an Islamic perspective, and also from a general mental health perspective, it might be too late at times. Um, so when you're more socially connected with people, you're able to see the subtle changes, you're able to see the smaller signs, you're able to, to see the smaller spiritual illnesses before the major ones, um, you know, hit.
0: Hmm. You know, uh, in and I guess extending that, I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on this, because, uh, you know, having relationships, you know, being social, uh, and for Muslims this is something that, should be a natural outcome of not, of, of not just praying at congregation, but also when possible, knowing the people that you're praying with, uh, connecting with them, you know, and having a sense of uh, community. Uh, but when it comes to social media, the ability to, to recognize that a person is actually uh, in distress or in need, sometimes that's compromised because, uh, often, the image that people present, or that we present—I don't want to exclude myself—the uh, image that we present, it really betrays the reality, um, yeah. you know, of our, of our actual, our actual existence. Uh, so that becomes somewhat of an of an obstacle. Would you agree? I
1: don't know absolutely, absolutely, and 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 uh, you know, usually people, like the people that you see regularly at the budget, um, you know i've have seen this before. I've actually even like uh, consciously uh, try to become aware of this. people who present themselves certain way in the media uh, on social media mm-hmm. versus when you see them in the in the masjid and you go for prayer. you know it's a big you see a big difference. like even the way they look, you know you can tell a difference on in that. Um, but but absolutely, I mean, people do try to present themselves in a favorable manner, um, and they may be having issues that are just just very deep. I mean, even depression can be masked very well by men, especially. And so it helps to, uh, like when you go to the mosque, I'll give you one simple example because you, you brought this up in your question. Um, you know, like when you go out to the congregation and you pray, uh, people don't realize uh, even when you smile at somebody, right? you see seen the masjid, you say to them, you, you smile at them, that smile can have a very strong, you know, benefit for the person who's depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in our brains, we have, uh, have neurons that mimic or that mirror you know what, we see. So, when you see somebody who's smiling, your brain will smile whether you want to or not, right? And this is, this is probably why this you know, the smile is considered a charity and it's the sunnah the of them. Right. The, the fact that one little aspect you go, out, you go outside, you go to the masjid, you see some people, you just want to them, you smile at them, that in itself can have a huge impact on their mental health and we don't realize it. I mean, this is something very simple to do.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to ask you two, two things while I have the uh, this opportunity to talk to you. Um, before I go back into the conference, could you kind of give uh, maybe the listeners who may not be familiar with the Khalil Center or have heard of it but don't know uh, exactly the type of services uh, they provide, uh, could you kind of give a, an introduction? Um,
1: yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll just, uh, you know, explain uh, the, the what makes Poole Center different from any other mental health center. Um, it's basically how we approach human being, how we approach mental health. Uh, when we talk about the ontology of human being, when we talk about, you know, even epistemology, where does knowledge come from? How do you, um, uh, you know, how do you conceptualize a human being? Uh, our approach is grounded in the Islamic principles. Um, now, practically... Uh, at times, it may look almost exactly like what you might see at a at a you know secular psychologist's office, mm-hmm. uh, because you know as long as it doesn't contradict Islam, obviously we're not going to reject it, right? So if right. there's something in cognitive behavioral therapy, you know we we accept that and we practice it, but the way we look at human beings, how we approach the problem, you know it's grounded, uh, you know it comes from our tradition, um, so that's what makes us different. I mean, we uh, you know we exist because we wanted to a provide um, a place for for Muslims who otherwise would not feel comfortable going to somebody who's not Muslim uh, for them to come and seek help And also, you know, we want to make sure that we not only practice our deen, uh, you know, through this uh, profession But we're able to do the research. We're able to, um, you know, publish uh, so that people uh, In other areas of the world and in and, and other times can see our approach and you know, modify or practice as needed um but that's where Heana comes in. It's an islamically integrated approach to you know human um, health and wellness. Um, so in you know, the services we provide individual therapies, obviously the services we provide most often. We also do seminars, workshops, you know marriage counseling, uh, family counseling, premarital coaching. Um, you know we offer services through the web. We alhamdulillah, have offices in Illinois, California, New York, and Toronto. So there's a lot of places that we're you know, expanded out to our approach, uh, you know, remains similar, which is, again, how do you look at human suffering, human being, uh, and the approach you take to help them from the traditional Islamic perspective?
0: Mm, Okay. So, Radio Islam Family, um, the the, the Mental Health Conference, it is organized by Sound Vision, the Khalil Center, UIC's uh, MSA, and Benedictine University MSA. So, there's, once again, uh, this kind of goes back to the point I was... um, Uh, that I was making earlier about this being, really being a collaborative uh, effort. Um, And could I ask you, my my final question for you, is what, uh, exactly what will you be covering in your presentation tomorrow? What can people, uh, what can people expect?
1: So I want to talk about, like, uh, the steps to uh, seeking help. Mm -hmm. First off, like, what contributes to the, uh, you know, the help-seeking attitudes of, uh, or behaviors of Muslims? Um, And then how do you recognize that you or someone else has a problem and how should you approach that? Um, You know, just to to give you an example, a lot of people come to my office and they say my son, my, you know, father, my uh, wife or husband has this problem. They need therapy, uh, but they're not, you know, how do I get them to come? You know, it's it's a very a commonly asked question, and, and to be honest, the blunt answer is you just sometimes can't, like, no matter what you do, mm-hmm. you know, until they realize for themselves that they have a problem, you cannot force somebody to get help, um, you know, so people uh, have difficulty, obviously, because of their loved ones, uh, have difficulty accepting and understanding that, um, so, you know, I'm going to talk about, like, you know, what factors contribute to that, and how do you uh, present a problem to somebody else without making them defensive so that they could uh, you know, get help. What would be the first steps to get help? So that's the area that I'm covering. Um, you know, I know other people are also covering some some other very amazing topics tomorrow. Mm.
0: Well, I'm sure that this is going to be um, of benefit because it is much needed. And we appreciate you taking the time to talk to uh, the Radio Islam family. Uh, folks, tomorrow from 1230 to 530 Illinois Benedictine University. Um, and the theme is You Are Not Alone. So uh, hope you can make it out. Tell someone, uh, and uh, and we're looking forward to a to a great event. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Fahad, for taking the time to talk to us. No, it's my pleasure.
1: Uh, you know, just to, before I leave, a quick note: uh, uh, my uncle has passed away. So whoever's listening, please make dua I mean, and I'd appreciate
0: that. Wa Thank you so much. As-salamu alaykum. That was Dr. Fahad Khan, Deputy Director of Khalil Center. All right, folks. We're going to take a break, but we will be back in a moment. This is Radio Islam on WCEB 1450 AM.